0: Sponsored by the Dun Laoghaire-Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM.
1: And welcome folks to Friday, Business Eye. I'm not even going to say lockdown. Oh, I did. Look, we are in Groundhog Day. It's like a hamster on a wheel. I said last week, Simon, if you can remember, we were going, we were getting that little bit closer. We're getting that little bit closer, but... Look, it is what it is. Um, there's a big vote coming on now, I believe, in about six to seven weeks where all our lovely TDs will vote again to see if they want to continue on these rules of engagements for another six months or if they um, believe we are all good little ser- um, sovereign human beings and they will say no. But that, look, we will find out. We We know who's voting before and we know who who's against it but hopefully we will get a yes vote to lift and never return or never to return but apart from that good walking in Wicklow walking the dog enjoying life so what about yourself Simon what about yourself
2: yeah no I'm still here Joe it's me don't worry <laughs> and uh, I was just thinking when you were talking about it all that it feels like we're in the land of the hokey cokey we've either got a vaccine in or a vaccine out you know and and Uh, A question for you, you know, uh, because I've never heard anybody talk about it. But when before people get vaccines, do they sign a disclaimer?
1: I know people that are excited about getting it. I don't want to go down that route because if you talk about the vaccine, you're an anti-vaxxer. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I believe in vaccine. I'm, I'm worried or curious about this. And the reason being, I don't trust the pharmaceuticals. Who, who knows who knows, who knows? Where who's where it's Indeed. gone? i hope that Indeed. all i care for is everybody to be healthy and safe and yep. wash your and wash your hands wash, <laughs> and wash your hands on us but yes um simon are you doing any gardening have you have you got those green fingers uh, gone, we
2: done a little bit of clearing and gardening but we're moving house so we've got builders in they started this monday and uh, so um, the, the level of my outside work is brushing up outside the skip, outside the house, making sure the rubbish is in the skip. So, but it's 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 good to see things moving on. You know, we've been waiting for builders since we were given the permission to engage them. So, I think we've just got to be po- we've got to be positive. You know, um, definitely. I think, you know, Eckhart Tolle talks about we we have three choices with everything in life: we accept it, amend it, or avoid it. And I think we've just got to take that approach. Do we accept what we have? Do we amend it, or do we avoid it?
1: Do you know, this time last year, like I was saying to my wife, as we know, this is a year. And I remember ringing up skip companies last year. Right. And the skip companies, there was a waiting list. Like everybody was buying a skip last year and cleaning out their houses. Yeah. I wonder this year, will you get a better rate? Because everyone has cleaned out their houses. (laughs) It's all business. (laughs) It's all business. Who have we got today, Simon? Who have we got today?
2: Well, we've got two great guests. First up, we have Anne Tannum. In, in 2009, uh, with a background in teaching and facilitation, Anne qualified as a life coach with the Irish Life Coach Institute, and in 2019 became an associate life coach with the International Coaching Foundation. As a creative coach, she she, she runs creative coaching which helps writers to design and sustain flourishing writing practices. So you and I could learn a bit from this, Joe, I think. Um, She also runs coaching collaboration with fellow coach Liz Barron. uh, And the aim of that is to to coach teams and partnerships to collaborate creatively and effectively. Uh, Anne's also a published poet and has two collections of work published with a third collection due for the publication this year. So no pressure on our literary prowess there, Joe. Welcome, Anne. It's It's good to see you. Uh, And our second guest is somebody I know very well, uh, Teresa Han Campbell. Teresa has had an amazing career ranging from being an educator, uh, a work psychologist, occupational psychologist. Um, She's an all-round leader, really insightful person. She's also a visiting lecturer at University of Limerick. She's an associate leadership and executive coach. She has her own business, THC Consult, and, and has a lot of really cool, solid, grounded views on on society, education, leadership, and the way we need to look at things. So welcome, Teresa. Thank you. Thank welcome,
1: you. guys. Thank you to the show. Do you know, Simon, I won a poetry competition many years ago, and I used to like writing it, believe it or not, and maybe I might take it up again. Maybe Anne might inspire me today to... Yeah, beware. 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 <laughs> the political <There's> not... poem... <laughs>
3: There's lots of closet poets around, Joe. Um,
1: not me,
2: not me. <laughs> not me,
1: not me. That, yes. But uh, welcome, guys. Welcome, guys. So, Simon, where do we start? Where do we start?
2: Well, I think, you know, we were just talking before we we, we press record around a little bit around transformation and change. I and mean, obviously, we're going through a huge shift in so many different things, whether it's remote working or it's our attitudes or it's leadership or we're not going to talk politics. But, but 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 transformation and change, I guess, is the, is the theme of this. And I might jump in with uh, Teresa there, you know, I mean, what at, at the highest level, what do you think this pandemic is doing for our attitudes around change and transformation at the highest level?
4: Well, I think it stopped us all dead in our tracks and it was timely in ways because I would have noted since 2008, since the downturn of 2008, a lot of people had been really sucked in with work and they were missing out on the, I always say there are four pillars in your life. There's your home life, there's your work life, there is your community networking and community involvement, your, your friendships, et cetera. And then there's me time time for developing yourself. But increasingly, I noticed after 2008, there was less and less time for the other three pillars. Work was taking over. So this, uh, I think people actually enjoyed lockdown one in getting to know their children and in getting to maybe uh, achieve what was called work-life balance, but suddenly became work-life integration. And there was a certain learning there. And I actually designed a talk that I deliver across a public and private sector on achieving work-life integration while working from home. And I would hope that that learning will remain. And only this morning, I was on on a a training on psychometrics, and it was remarked that they're finding it very difficult in the States at the minute to get people to actually agree to go back, going back to the way Mm. they were going back into the office. So the whole thing of reboarding people is becoming a big thing.
2: Mm. No, it's it's huge. It's, uh, you know, I, I don't think we're ever, ever going to go back to where we were. It's just a matter of where we go to. So Anne, what do, what do you think at the highest level, you know, in regards to the work you do around life coaching and creative coaching? What, what, what change or schism or alternative ways of viewing things have you noticed?
3: What I've noticed is that the initial shock of, you know, when when change is something that we've decided ourselves, it has, I think, a different impact. But when change is thrust upon us, you know, the, 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 the world globally was in, was in shock. And, and, you know, I think that came out in lots of different ways. But what's been really, really interesting, and, and that's not taking away from how difficult some people are continuing to find it, but what's been really interesting is, is that now that this change is here and here to stay, and let's face it, things are changing all the time anyway people are a a little bit like kind of Teresa said there I think people are beginning to really reassess where they're at and what's important to them and I know certainly in the creative space there's a lot of people who are saying this is this is an aspect of my life that I haven't been I really haven't been taking notice of and and that's 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 a really wide notion of creativity that's something that we that we all have but simply that ability. To look at things differently, to think about things differently, and to, to take those imaginative leaps of faith in terms of things can be different. Okay. So I see this huge opportunity here without for a moment taking away from the incredible difficulties that many people are also experiencing.
1: Let's look at when we came into this in the very beginning there was a bit of an excitement you know it was such a shock and a change that people going oh we're locked in and i hope we're all looking out through the windows and wishing you know well it was and then as just a week crept in you know then everyone was talking about compassion and everyone was talking about empathy and you know there was this sort of oh we're going to our community and everyone working at home and there was an element of that work-life balance and that's for you and me for everyone on this call is probably the work-life balance you know i know there's people because they're at home and they're working, they're, they've never stopped working. They're working, you know, at 12 o'clock at night, switching on their laptop, fearful that they're doing the right job. Yes, I am blessed that I got to spend and I get to spend time with my children and get to walk them to school and spend that time to them. So for me, this whole experience of it in a way has been a blessing. But the other element of it as well, boredom or a bit of laziness kicking in as well even though this is a change and have we had enough have we had enough and there's a time for us now to make the second leap in this story
3: absolutely joe in that you know a year is even more than years and it's whatever is it 13 kind of 13 months in we have to in a lot of ways choose where we go from here and accept something that probably we couldn't accept in the shock at the beginning is that it's never going to be the same and nor should it ever be the same in in that life is always moving on and and things are changing. And and so you talked about that boredom piece coming in as well. You know, what I do see is that people are struggling to stay motivated. And there's such a deluge of information coming our way. There's been a lot written about cognitive overload you know, we're, 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 there's simply so much coming at us that there, there is a, there is a piece about how do we keep ourselves motivated and how do we how do we how do we stay positive in in a realistic kind of way um, and, and move ourselves forward. So, absolutely, Joe.
4: I suppose it brings to mind that whole notion of engagement and a that thing of having to that well within being called upon to constantly keep you motivated. I would say from my interaction with clients and other work I do, I am noting an observation that the millennials and Generation Z are really getting giddy. They've had enough of it and they're disengaging and some with quite good jobs are thinking of packing them in. And that itch to travel, they're so used to travel, that movement and all the rest. That's they've been deprived of a lot in many ways. And contrary to what we might hear about that generation, I'm doing a series at the moment asking the hard questions. What legacy are we leaving our young? And uh, last week I met with a 25 year old and he was such a lovely, solid lad. And he cited different things he had done. He hasn't seen his friends since last September. He hadn't been home from Cork to Donegal since Christmas. And he said that they really are putting their shoulder to the wheel, but I think they need to be involved in the conversation. They need to be brought in, and they haven't been.
2: You that's know? a really that's a really good point. It just made me think, you know, the last global pandemic lasted two years, 1918 to 1920. And it's looking like probably a lot of the blame I would put on the political or government management of this. This is going to be two years, not one year, right? For older people, that has, I think, less of an impact because we've already developed our way of life. But for a 20-year-old, two years is a huge chunk out of their life. And I just, I might I'll go back to you, Anne. What do you think, what impact? I just see, you know, my elder daughter has announced she's going to Australia, right? When she wants to go to Australia to do her master's, right? I just, I can just see these, these coiled springs bouncing out of this, the younger generation, a bit like they did in the 1920s and it was party central. What impact do you see on the younger generation?
3: Uh, so speaking kind of personally as well, I have four grown-up uh, children kind of from 28 down to 23. so Simon, I kind of really appreciate your, 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 what your, what your daughter saying. I think there's, a, there's there's a massive shift in their thinking around I suppose their own authority and who who is who's is in charge of the world. And in you know, in a lot of ways, this global pandemic has shown them that, you know, the skills that they have, the resources that they have, um, I suppose the, the intelligence, a particular intelligence that comes with with um with, with, with being younger, and uh, I think it, it, it changes as as we grow older. But I I, I think that that, coil, that 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 coil spring that you talked about, there's, there's going to be amazing energy pushing out into the world and I'm really excited to see what this younger generation um, are, are, are going to do and and how they're going to nudge, nudge us older ones out of the way and say look yeah give, give give us our chance
4: now yeah I think right from from my my chatting we great chatters in our house we talk the whole time I think I see my son would say that it has been a blessing in disguise for him in many ways in that he is going to love his own company. It has caused him to reassess where he's going, etc., etc. I would see my daughter who's 22 in final year college. She's lucky that she had two years face-to-face. Then she was on work placement with KPMG last year. And now she's studying from home. There will be some who uh, have experienced introduction to college life, working uh, 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 operating from home. And that, I know from having done it myself, demands a certain discipline. I don't know if that age group have been inducted into that discipline yet. All right, it's it's the thing that comes with maturity. I believe that maybe it has pushed them further into a screen dependence. I read an article recently um, drawn from America, uh, 97% of Generation Z have iPhones, 50% of them spend 10 hours plus per day on screen. Now, the downside of all of that and the earlier the introduction to screen and the dependence on screen, I believe the greater the impact on the wiring of the brain and their own ability to deep read, formulate their opinions, deduce, etc., they're wide open to influence. false information, etc. on screen, along with other things. It, it makes the brain lazy in ways. I think in ways, some would argue that it heightens opportunity for creativity. I believe that it actually encroaches on organic, natural creativity. So there are lots of ups and downs. I think we're at a great juncture. I actually think uh, the education system, as we knew it, is not fit for purpose going forward. Mm. Mm, we need to look at Mm. it it has actually hurtled us into looking at how we were and how we should be going forward particularly in relation to assessment people you know the notion of 10 we've got 10 intelligences I grew up believing that if you weren't academic you didn't have it you know but in actual fact Gardner's 10 intelligences are going to kick in there in terms of if you're artistic or whatever mathematical spatial intelligence all of these things there's room for everybody but it's to get the formula as to how to quantify it i heard a point the other day how do you standardize unique so if you take every child as being unique how do you run a standardized test on them how do you uh how do you expect to put a one cap fits mm-hmm. all on that uniqueness yeah, sure. Would agree.
1: I think our education system is designed around the industrial age and yep. you know, getting everybody to conform. We also believe that possibly that our young generation will be the generation <laughs> that get us out of this. We are we are of the generation and the people who are giving us these rules are telling us that they know best. And they again are not listening to the young generation. I don't know if any of you saw that video that's gone online about the teenagers who basically have been videoed telling their stories about what they're experiencing this lockdown. If you just haven't do it, I'm going to play it at the end of this show anyway, just to let people understand that the feeling of teenagers and how they're feeling, because no one has asked them how they are feeling confidence. Yes. I think one of the things which I fear the most for that generation, which is click instant gratification generation is lateral thinking. I think that they've been pumped with so much information through iPhones and TV that it's a sublimable messaging, which is indoctrinating them to listen to us instead of thinking for yourself. And I feel that now is the time that these people are going, and I hope they do this to go. We need to change. You have stirred the ship for so long. We're the new generation. Lockdown, COVID has changed things. And we want to be free. We want to be, we want to live our lives. We don't want to be uh, in a cage or whatever it may be. So I hope that the young people out there will change. And only as you, as both of you said, you have beautiful families, you talk to your families, but it all starts in the family. If you are in a family that your parents are terrified, how is that going to affect you then as well?
2: Yeah, no, you're right. I had a chat with a, a futurist and a communications expert, who's an American guy, who's living in Iceland, and I'd like to share some thoughts from him. You know, he's saying his name is Mike Klein. He's written an article on LinkedIn, and he, he talks about we need to be ready for 2023. Forget about 2022, right? It's it's the best written article I've ever read on LinkedIn, right? I can say that categorically. And he basically what he's saying is that. We, our psyches have been so impacted by this, right, that, that so many of us have moved on our expectations of hybrid working and of remote working and of interaction and, of you know, diversity, equity, inclusion. And all of these things have been turned upside down like a washing machine so much that the company, but companies are still and a lot of leaders aren't actually equipped for the future, our expectations will have moved on and companies won't have caught up. And so companies need to now plan for 2023. We're going to take a quick break there.
0: Sponsored by the Dunleary Laoghaire-Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM.
1: Yes, welcome back to Business Eye. Um, Simon, yes, before the break, you were asking me, what are my thoughts? What is the future in 2023? No one knows the future. And are companies equipping to it? Possibly not. Our leaders, leaders are probably quaking in their boots my own opinion we have to really go back and look at our values really look at our values and what we what we represent as a community and have that business as a community this is the future that we believe that we should be from a community base from a from a strong value base and lead lead from there lead from there
2: yeah what future do you think we are not what we ought to or we should, but what future do you think we are walking into?
4: We're going to become totally a technologically enveloped. We're walking into total digitization. I believe that this is what this is all about. It is pushing us, brute force into the future that's there for digitization. You know, the the rise in robotics, AI all of that. And there's a real need right at this juncture to teach digital literacy and to hold some sort of discipline on the whole thing, Mm. right? Uh, I mean, I remember growing up, there was the censorship board and for uh, programs were pulled off RTE for silly reasons. When I look back now, there's no censorship board on the internet.
1: We need a digital police.
4: Yeah, there is a, a, and if you think of the ethics that should be a, a, a attached or involved with the design of algorithms and the use of AI, etc., I mean, how much information is collected on any one of us?
2: You're, you're so, you're so right. I mean, when you think back, you know, you couldn't watch Life of Brian in the Republic a few years ago, and yet, and yet, anybody can pretty much look at anything on the internet today. It's just. It's just a different world. Anne, what what do you think? What How do you think the next five, ten years are going to pan out? Not how you think they should, but how do you think they will?
3: It's a really interesting question. I, I was reading something recently and I, can, I can't reference what it was, but it, it talked about our challenge over the last maybe 20, 30 years is to actually to really think of the future that we're so pulled back into. Where we've come from and, and our past, and this idea of kind of of dreaming up the future. There's one thing I know for sure, Simon, is that we have no idea where we'll be in ten or twenty years' time. I absolutely agree with uh, Teresa that we are we are we are being pulled along into um, an age of of, of technology and, and digitalization where we need to we need to be so careful about how much control we're giving over but but i also know that we can't we literally can't imagine where we're going to be in five or ten years time Mm -hmm. and that has been if you look at the at the, the the history of humankind you know every age probably is convinced that we have these unique problems and that somehow we will we will solve them we're just incrementally moving Towards and and I do believe you know t- towards greater justice towards a, a greater sense of 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 who we are as human. But it's slow, it's arduous, it's two steps forward, one step back. Um. So.
1: Is yes, it's all coming to digital and. I don't think people realize the power of AI, and I don't think people realize the power of the algorithms. When people think, oh, algorithms on Facebook, it's actually an AI that's running it. And they are collecting all the data about us, everything, without us realizing, and they're putting us down into blocks. And then they can influence. I say to a quantum computer, I want this result. And then they go and the quantum computer and then will build that strategy for me to get that result. And then that will influence the target market. We also have this other thing which is creeping in, which is into Europe, which is the quantum financial system. And I spoke about this before as well, Simon. And people don't realize what the quantum financial system is. It's a system which links in your credit reports, your banking, your social media, your tax, it's everything that it's run by. It's in its in China, as we spoke in the last show, but this technology has been out for 30 years. I think we're gonna to have to take a stance where we kind of go, you know, I do want my own privacy. I really do. 80% of all transactions made at the moment, and especially with that young generation, is done by phone, is done by phone. And we have to sort of, if we don't want AI or whatever to really control and everything that we do, we have to sort of say, you know, I'm going to put down my phone for a period of time. That phone goes in a box. I lock it in a box and it doesn't know what I do from a Monday till a Sunday because unfortunately it has come air passport. Mm, that's no my way. That's my rant.
2: <laughs> I agree. And just, just moving on, I'm going to use the P word. The politics, right? And we're not going to talk about party politics here, but I, I'm going to be a bit controversial here. Do you, do you think are politicians becoming less relevant? And the reason I say that is, you know, you have the big pharma companies, just yep. to get this one out, right? So we have the big pharma companies. We have all, you know, the the, the scientific advisors and the immunization advisors, the Nefits and the NIAX of this world making decisions, and they're really making the decisions. And you have all the civil servants implementing. So what are the politicians doing? T- Teresa, what, what do you think politics is going to become more important in the future or less important?
4: Hey, I think at this juncture, with COVID-19 and the government's interpretation of this juncture, they have power and they're exerting power in how they're using this juncture. Uh, civil servants, etc., drive them from behind. I think maybe politicians are a front for another force behind. What I do believe, and I had this uh, conversation with my 25-year-old the other day, I do believe it is time that that group got themselves into the corridors of power to exert change, proper change, i don't know the right answer to the question really i have my suspicions i uh, there's a the whole thing of trust and you if you you think back to the last election and you think of how social media was used in the in the run in so what are we getting into the corridors of power um, there were people who didn't go door to door canvassing and yet topped the poll What's going on? I I think it brings us back into we need to reground ourselves in who we are, who we want to be. And we need to value the beauty of face-to-face communication. And we need to anchor ourselves in family and community, et cetera. I think at the minute, part of me believes we're in free fall. And we don't know where we're going to land, but we need to know where we're going to land. And if, for instance, Generation Z and Millennials are looking to my generation for direction, they must feel rudderless at the moment because they're not getting direction. And it's nearly as though we're making it up as we go along in yep. response. Uh, you know, I I have this image in my mind of somebody standing up, banging the table, saying, "I have a dream. I have a dream for Ireland." That that type of resolve yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. and
4: fearlessness, I think, is gone.
2: Anne, is that you, or do you know anybody who could do that? <laughs> <laughs> Anne, was it was sign up now?
4: <laughs>
2: oh, no. um, yeah. Well, are you talking to me? Um, what do you, what do you what do you think? What do you think? Are, are we in free fall? Are we looking for leaders? What's your sense? It's it's, it's
3: really interesting, isn't it? Is that that model of 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 the kind of the lone leader, you know, whether it's Winston Churchill or Barack Obama or this old model of leadership. And if you think of it in, in, in a company, organizational, that, that is very much becoming more and more redundant. I, I would love to see some leaders really lead, you know, be really inspirational. But at the moment, there's, there's no one in the Irish landscape that is, is giving us that. But I do think that there is a real opportunity from the ground up collective leadership that is coming through. And if we look at the last two referendums and to see how, you know, the the kind of movement from, you know, down up and the impact that had on on results. I have have a lot of confidence and uh, belief in in, in what we can do when we are a, a collective, collaborative community. So in, in some ways, I'm not looking, I'm not looking to my politician in, in in the way maybe that we would have 20, 20 years ago.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean, apart from the likes of Jacinda Ardern, uh, Angela Merkel or, you know, there are very few on the world stage where you can point and and, and say there, there there is there is an integrity there. There's a vision there. There's a there, there's true leadership in terms of 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 that ability to see, you know, to see beyond and try and, try and bring everybody with you. <laughs>
1: If a politician knocked at the door now, I know I, I'd probably look at them differently now than I, I did before COVID. Is it that we have to really get back to community and we have to get back to grassroots and we have to have conversations with the people in our community? Because maybe for so long, as you said that there it was, a, it's a trust element that we have trusted these people to do the work for us. And now we're looking and what it used to take five years to find out. We're finding out these things in five months. Oh, my God, are they doing that? That's happening. It's like it's the whole thing. This juncture is speeding up everything. And do we kind of go now? Now I need to know. I need to go down to my local council office when they are having their monthly meeting and sit in there and find out what's going on. Because we don't. We we only find out later on. And you see a petition by someone sending something. Involvement. Involvement, involvement.
4: Yeah. If you pitch all that against the notion of globalization, one world power, one world government, a global fix on everything, on health systems, education systems, everything. I think that's where the push is going. So I think the main challenge for us as a nation and for for society in Ireland is anchoring ourselves in community etc because we will find fast with i mean i i can go online and and interview anybody in brazil saudi anywhere i want now from my office the way it's heading we may be taking our lead from a power way out there
2: yeah yeah no i agree well certainly i was just sitting there thinking you mentioned a couple of female leaders there, Anne, and there's a few more, you know, in Scandinavian countries. But I was sitting there thinking, can we think of one inspirational male leader in the world right now? And I was thinking, no, but... So maybe it's time to dye our hair, Joe, and go for it. It's not too late for us to go for it. You know?
1: <laughs> dye our hair? Whatever.
2: <laughs> well, me anyway. Hey, this is how dare you. And start dare again you?
1: and make a pitch. <laughs> yeah. Um I think that the world is it's been masculine it's a masculine world and i think it's been that for too long um and i think that changed we believe in the yin and yang i think there's the balance that needs to really come into it how does that how does that how does that happen it's creating that idea and that seed in not us the generation below us it is it's the 25 year olds it's the 30 year olds and and Theresa, you said it there we're, we're shooting down a new world order road, which is, you know, is not going to be good for, for, for our citizens. And it starts with education, really, really mm-hmm. starts with education. Yeah, I, I would agree yeah. with you on that. Yeah. Anna. Absolutely. I think
4: the balance of male and female. The female shouldn't have to become masculine in order to find her space. But I think we should be complementary, yeah,
1: yeah, you yeah. know,
4: and yeah. uh, work together on
1: it. Yeah, I think that yeah. energy is it is coming into the planet as well. I think there is that movement that's strong from a spiritual end. There is that, you know, there is that movement. Um, someone said to me, I was having a conversation the other day, and. I was saying, we need to change. And people said saying, we've been trying to make change for years. You know, we've been trying to do this and over the last 20, 30 years, and nothing has ever happened, and people have spoke out or whatever. And I said, there's two elements now in the world that can make us change. And they said, what is it? I said, the internet, which connects us all together in the country or in the world. And the second one is COVID, which has making a lot of people awaken. And those two elements in a way are a blessing because those two can possibly make us wake up and make change for us in a community for a community. Yeah. Yeah,
2: no, I agree. And uh, we, we've kind of mentioned, you know, the lack of leadership. And somebody in the states, you know him, Scott Ballard, Joe, uh, yes, said to yeah, me I recently Scott, well. said, said to me recently that um if you if you if you want to make a change in the world or 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 improvement. Mm-hmm. Success doesn't lie in the middle, he said. And I said, What do you mean, Scott? And he said, if you really want to push the ticket and make change, you've got to expect to be disliked by some people. You can't just be invisible. And and I so do you think Take that's what's ne- yeah. Do you think that's what's needed, Teresa? Do you need people just to go for this? And and uh, because I think we've looked at our politicians and clearly, right, this is my opinion, they're acting on the fly, right? They're just reacting. And so, so that, for me, justifies even more that courageous people can go for this. What do you think?
4: I think there's something. The reason I started my my, my series, Asking the Hard Questions, What Legacy Are We Leaving Our Young, was that the silence was deafening. Hmm. We've forgotten the art of asking questions was it Einstein said, "You give me a problem, I'll, I'll spend ninety-five percent of my time asking the right question and five percent of my time giving you the solution." But we've forgotten how to ask questions. So if we remain ap- apparently passive, decisions will be made that will have far-reaching effects on ourselves and on generations to come. And suddenly we wake up when the horse has bolted. So we need to ask common sense relevant questions to impact change and to ensure that the change we get is what we want. You know, I think we've become quite passive. And that is a sidekick from the dependence on the screen and the phone. We've lost our objectivity.
1: Core tankers. Don't ask questions and do what they're told. Eh
3: what what I think is, um, there are so many things, aren't um, they? And I think that piece, that that word, courage, that you know, the, the courage to step up and make a difference, I think is a, is is huge. But but I, I I do think that there's there's a lot of hope, um, and I may be somebody who, who who looks for hope, but if if you look at the the diversity of voices that we're now hearing. You know, we we are beginning to hear and be humbled by the range of diversity and the, and the incredible, when I say intelligence, collective intelligence that comes from people from different backgrounds, different, uh, different gender, different, um, different class coming together and and having their voices being heard and their ideas being heard you know and and i know certainly i'm thinking in the poetry space uh, which is which is a small kind of microcosm when i think of the policies that the likes of of poetry ireland have put in place around diversity and to see the range of voices that are coming through that are transforming how we think about poetry in ireland um, and getting us away from the kind of parochial local viewpoint um, and have a much wider community so you know, I'm I'm a sucker for I'm a sucker for optimism. Um, I'm a bit. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard of the Stockdale paradoxes. You know, we never we, we can't lose sight of 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 where we're going, but kind of acknowledging how difficult it is now. You know, so there, there's that kind of tensions all the time, making sure that we we stay hopeful and optimistic, and 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 still a- acknowledge the difficulties that we're having now.
1: To those age group, twenty five to thirty, what would you what would you say to them? You know, you've a minute to say it. What would you say to them, offering them hope?
3: Well, I wouldn't say anything yeah. to them. I, I, I'd sit that minute and I'd, and I'd listen to what they've got to say. Yeah. And, uh, and, and and from that together, we, we, we may have both have something to say, but I have nothing to say to them except, you know, pl- please do all that you can and I'll do all that I can to make, to make this better.
4: So uh, I would say with every challenge comes opportunity. Yeah. And opportunity is hope and always have hope in a better tomorrow and that they must put their imprint on the tomorrow that they want and have the confidence to do it and to respect the beauty of individual difference and, and what it can do when the synergy comes together.
1: Right. Where can people reach out to you if they want to connect, which is on LinkedIn or your website, where can people connect to you on, on them?
3: You can find me um, at, at um, Creative Coaching um, and or Anne Tannum, um, and yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely kind of l- love to hear from anybody who who wanted to say anything or, or or have a chat. I'm I'm always open.
4: You can get me on a THC Consult www.thcconsult.ie or follow me on uh, asking the hard questions what legacy are we leaving our young it's a youtube channel uh, my third one has just gone up today my third conversation if you would like to come on board if you have some good ideas here um uh, i would love i would love to have you
1: we're just going to take a quick break also what we're going to do at the end of this we're just going to play a video um, not a video it will be an audio of people teenagers how they're experiencing Uh, lockdown and I think it'll be very interesting to people as well.
0: Sponsored by the Dunleary Laoghaire Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM.
3: Teen Heard are a group of concerned parents. We are extremely worried for our teenagers' mental health. What you are about to hear are accounts from teenagers all over Ireland. They will tell you, how the masks and restrictions within schools have affected them we are doing this to get their voices heard as nobody has asked how they feel please support this and help our teenagers thank you hi i'm ariana i'm 14
5: and i'm in second year i've barely seen any part of this year as we've been at school. I miss my friends and I miss going to school but I don't miss the masks and the cold classrooms. The teachers aren't nice if they see you pull your mask down for fresh air. Now we're doing online schoolwork and we've got twice as much homework, study, projects and books to read. I sometimes cry because I can't do it all and it's not fun. I hate it now and I hate the teachers, they're bullies. They only stay for 10 minutes to give us loads of work and then they're gone. I'm so lonely. I have my mom and my sister, but I miss my friends and I miss going to town. I miss normal things. I cry a lot.
0: My name is Nathan. I am 14 years old and I live in Waterford. 2020, 2021, I was supposed to be in second year in school, but my school would not let me back because I cannot wear a mask. I suffer badly with asthma and can't wear scarfs or snoods around my neck or mouth. mind sitting in a class for six or seven hours with a mask on. The vice principal of my school, when my mom and I met her, met with her, told me to wear a mask at home for a few hours a day. I will and I will get used to it. And I need to be back at school. I know I need to be back at school. I'm in exam year next year, and I've missed so much. My school did don't even allow me to receive work on Google Classroom so I'm missing out on my education and also I have learning difficulties. I feel I'm being punished for something that's not my fault. I miss the interaction with my classmates and I rarely see them. At the start of all this I did and one told me I'm lucky. Not being in school as wearing a mask all day is hell. Another said he has constant headaches and another said he finds it hard to concentrate. I feel if this mask rule is permanent, I will have no choice but to withdraw from school permanently. The school has forgotten me and let me down badly already. Regards, Nathan.
6: Hi, I'm 14 years old and I'm in second year. Life has not been the same for the past year between people wearing masks and yellow signs at every shop. Being told to sanitise your hands all the time and people not interacting like before. I find school extremely traumatic and horrible. I cannot breathe properly with the mask on and I get very anxious but the teachers make sure that you have it on at all times and you're wearing it correctly. At first when I heard that I was going back I thought it would be okay but it's just awful. Some classes I would get so anxious and panicky so I would have to go to the toilet and get away to cry. Along with wearing the mask and being really anxious, I had to do work and listen to the teacher talking. I find it so difficult to concentrate and I just constantly want to go home. It was weird talking to people with the mask and I cannot really speak properly with it on, so I just stayed quiet. Some days were just not bearable so I would ring home. Teachers constantly in the corridors giving out if we're not socially distancing and make sure that we're two meters apart with meter sticks and giving out if we don't follow the one-way system. I really hate it and I never want to go back because I'm a bit traumatized by it. I feel anxious a lot now even when not in school and I find it really sad to remember times when I was happy all the time because most days I am just sad and tired and I cry a lot.
7: I started secondary school this year and it was a big change. I found the hardest thing was wearing a mask as I wasn't used to them at all and I don't think I will ever be. I have constant headaches and I feel so tired all the time and before that I didn't have any, help, any of this. I have not been I, I find it not be able to be normal around my friends is very hard and the school is so strict. I like seeing my friends out of school as we can just be normal i'm going back to school after easter but i would rather stay at home because i don't have to wear a mask my headaches are gone and i can exercise during the day and not worry we were told that being outdoors was as safe as it could be but with summer coming i dread wearing a mask in the hot water in school and i'll be glad to finish my first year soon i just hope in september I can go into second year and be normal as teachers will be vaccinated and I hope they'll be more relaxed. I don't want to wear a mask anymore in school from September as we, we have to live with this virus.
0: I'm 15 years old and I'm in Georgia. I had an awful time wearing masks. They made my throat dry, gave me headaches and my allergies went crazy. My eyes were itchy sore, and I was suffering with nosebleeds. Then I started to experience wheezing at night and in the morning just like when my asthma was kicked was bad. The funny thing was at the weekends, all of these problems would disappear once I had a few days without wearing a mask. All of this was causing me anxiety and I, and I hated school. I begged my mother to let me stay at home, I was miserable at school. My mother got me an exemption from a psychologist who said the anxiety I had was too much. But the day I went into school with the exemption they kicked me out because I wouldn't put on a mask. They said they would help me with online work but they muted me in live classes so I couldn't ask any questions. I couldn't get OneNote working either so I couldn't see my assignments or send them in. My mother emailed the school countless times but nothing was done to fix it. My mother has been fighting the school for months to get me back for them to recognise my exemption. I have only had one month in, of school in the third year, but I will re- be returning after Easter sometime, but only to some classes that have the tables properly socially distanced. As the school have finally decided to let me attend them mask free, which is the way it should be for because I am exempt. I just wish they would make allowances for my for all my classes, as I know by law they are supposed to do that for kids who are exempt. I heard the minister say that. Masks have destroyed my interest in school and caused me and my mother a lot of stress.
5: I'm in second year. I'm dyslexic and I haven't had any support since the lockdown and not much before that. My teachers give me three times the work but no support in helping me to understand it. Then I get in trouble for getting it wrong. It's very lonely. I miss my friends. I get very sad and lonely. I want things to be normal again. It's very upsetting and depressing just doing school
8: with no fun. I went back to school in September, all my friends wear masks, but my mum put visors on, me and my sister. The teachers were all wearing masks, and we all found it hard to understand what they were saying. Many of the friends, they all hated wearing masks, and found it hard to breathe and all that. I hated the visor. When it was sat on my head, the teachers would argue with me, it was woeful nine, I found the visor very stressful but better than the maths The mm. teachers were bullying and controlling and were always, always had to keep on me I was so glad to get home from school every day The visor was giving me pains in the head as well I found it sad, look at the friends and can't hear what they're saying Many were sick with pains in the heads as well, most days So... I was really is, and they were giving out sick to and What the difference was when they got out of school, taking off the mask.
9: Hi, my name's Caelan. I don't really care. I just wear the mask, get through the day. I've had headaches, sore throats, which I'd never had before, and skin breakouts. Ugh. It gets really warm on my face, and it's hard to breathe sometimes. But I take my nose as I take my nose out as much as I can get away with. I found it hard to concentrate as time went on, and it's hard to communicate and understand the teachers. Some teachers you can tell just where to get through the day, but with others, uh, are really, really strict and believe in it. They give out to you when your nose isn't covered. But at lunch, we are spread two metres apart while sitting down we have to keep our masks on, only pulling it down to take a bite of food. I've been happy at home and I'm not looking forward to going back. Only one year left after this.
5: I was so excited to go back to school after the long summer break and lockdown. I wanted a bit of normality. When we were told we would have to wear a mask, I was panicking and dreading going back. The first day was horrible. I was so excited to see friends but we didn't even get to talk and it was just straight into the form class. Take a seat that you would stay in for the year. Don't move around or don't take off your mask. That first day a teacher said to us, you should expect headaches, sore throat at the end of the day from the mask, but you will get used to this. I went into school for a few days on and off, but I couldn't cope with teachers watching how we wore our masks. We were sat, we were stood and I started having panic attacks and anxiety. I went back to school in November after my mum agreed a two-day week for me with a sensory pass card so that I could take mask breaks. I'm still anxious but my mum has helped to understand what's happening and how to cope a little better. I want to be in school learning and making friends. I still find it very hard to breathe and concentrate but I take drinks very often just to take my mask down and go to the toilet as much as I can to get away from it. I just wear it to get through the day without drama, but find it very hard to communicate and have a headache most days.
1: And welcome back to Business Eye. Uh, Simon, another two great guests, you know, every week and people are responding saying, you know, the conversations are great and the the guests as well are spot on, highly intelligent, very conversational and lots of wisdom. So um, eye opening, eye opening. My opening is one it's. thing that one thing that, you know, from the conversation there, it's, you know, what I got from it was ask the young people and let's let's just not allow, you know, technology overtake us or do do all the work and make us really lazy because maybe one day our children will not thank us for it. Our children will not thank us for it. <sighs>
2: I agree. And, you know, if you'd asked me the same question, you know, what, what would you say, or if you had a half an hour with, you know, the younger generation, I'd, I'd ask them questions, right? <laughs> We're so used to telling them, right? So I'd ask them questions. And, and, uh, you know, Teresa said, and I think this was her quote, we need to ask common sense, intelligent questions to impact change. And I think that I know that's what you and I try our hardest to do on the show, you know, and. I think we listen and we truly hear by by asking questions, and I make a real intent intentional effort to do that, and I know you do. And and I think the the listeners and the viewers gain by that. You know, we we have our limits to what we can ask, but we do try and push this stuff because if you just stay vanilla, it's nothing's going to improve. Yeah, so. and
1: we you know we'll upset people along the way because we we're not going with. What their belief is, but that's okay. It's when you scream and shout and get angry with someone because you don't agree with their beliefs that's where it's wrong. We should be able to yeah. all be able to have different opinions and still live in a peaceful world. That's that's what it exactly. is. It's exactly. someone someone said to me um the other day. He said, "Look, oh, I love the show. Um, you, you just don't hold back with your questions. You just don't hold back with some of the stuff." And they said, "It's great that they hear this on radio." And because they're not hearing it on other stations and someone then this morning said, you know, they were listening to uh, Pat Kenny on News Talk and they actually said they had to turn off after a while because they just, they just upset them so much. And I said, well, look, you know, here at Dublin South FM, we've positive programming and uh, they said, yeah, we'll be, we'll be tuning more into yourselves because, you know, it's, there's just a lot of fear feeding out there, propaganda fear feeding.
2: Yeah. yeah no we know we are we are the program with the real male leaders joe you and me the real, the real
1: <laughs> it's what we're speaking to other people on the ground you know we're not pulling in college professors every week that are spewing out the same stuff for the diversity of people and conversations and people are enjoying that because we're speaking to if you're listening to this, the people we're speaking to are people like you. That's it. Yeah. And if you want yeah. to come on the show and you have you agree with us or disagree, you know, get in touch because and we we would love to have you on. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's that's a good point. We do need more guests who disagree with us. You know, it'd be good to hear that.
1: Nobody to disagree with us because more people are agreeing with us. The only people who disagree with us are politicians. I just want to find them. I want to find them. <laughs> it would be yes. Uh, are there be fearful on it? um simon <laughs> running week. out of time we're running out of time until next week folks <laughs> <laughs> running out of time until next week folks look thanks for tuning into business Eye, to myself and simon um if you check out businesseyeadvisory.com, uh, you'll be able to pick us up there as well so until next week take care and god bless